Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Sharon Wright, Khalid Reeves, Joey Devine, Inka Dare, Galen Nickerson, Sean Keen, D'Antonio Wing. Field. Patreons, Laurent Casol, Merci Laurent, William McEachran, thank you William, Brian Hickey, the Craftsmaster, thank you Brian for all those craps winnings, musical guest, the Goody Mob, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock Podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with my very good friend, my co-host, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Pretty good. Um, I've gotta say, uh, Don Pardo said Yinka Dare. And Yinka Dare actually is part of one of my favorite Don Nelson stories, uh, which the Golden State Warriors that year had the 16th pick in the draft. And, and the 11. Uh, <laughs> yes. And the, um, the Golden State Warriors knew, or no, sorry, Don Nelson saw Yinka Dare play basketball, knew he would suck but really wanted Clifford Rogier for some reason and was worried that uh, someone was going to pick Clifford Rogier. So he went around telling everyone in the NBA who would listen to him how good Yinka Dare was going to be. 
And uh, guess what? The Warriors got Clifford Rogier at 16 because Yinka Dare went 14. <laughs> but By the way, it's uh, such classic Don Nelson to uh, be talking up a guy and tricking people to get a guy who's not much better. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, who did that? Who did that happen with uh, in the 2008 NBA draft? Uh, Anthony Joey? Randolph. That's right. <laughs> Just had Jason Thompson come in and kick his ass <laughs> all the way down the court. And Anthony Randolph truly never recovered after that workout, honestly. Mm. Also, R.I.P. Cliff Rosier. Yes. Um, how you doing, bud? It's election day while we're recording this. It is. T- Super Tuesday. I guess I should have said that it's the Super Tuesday episode. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they we'll won't be hearing this till... Uh, Wagula Wednesday. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, I just hope my boy Mini Mike can pull through. Oh, don't even joke, man. He gave me, he gave me thirty-seven dollars to say that. <laughs> don't even joke. Um, before we get started, uh, I should say, uh, follow us on Twitter at Round Rock Pod. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Call us on the phone at the number in the description to the show. Uh, if you like our show enough to feel like giving us a few, uh, pennies, you can do that at patreon.com slash roundrockpod, where for only three bucks a month, you can get in our Discord. Five bucks a month gets you, uh, bonus episodes, and, uh, there are uh, higher tiers, too, but, um, we don't have to deal with that right now. Um, also, if you do love our show, but can't afford to give us money, which, uh, is the boat I'm in with most of the podcasts I listen to, because I am incredibly poor. Uh, give us five-star reviews uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, because every other podcast says it helps, and uh, Sean they're and, I, priceless. Are, yeah, Sean and I are not sure if it helps, but apparently no, they're, it helps. They're, they're priceless, I'm, Joey. I'm hearing it helps. Like those, like those MasterCard commercials where they're like, Patreon... Discord three dollars. <laughs> Clown makeup to play Brooke and Robin Lopez twenty eight dollars. Five star review on iTunes priceless. We should bring that back, Joey. No, we shouldn't. That didn't get old. <laughs> what if we like made that a meme? You know, mm. start using it for the election. People, people are ready for priceless to come back. Uh- Sean, can you read that worst Warriors fan sign about LeBron James in that voice, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hang on just a second. <laughs> LeBron, take the, quote, high road back to Cleveland with your second year losing to the GSW. You are no longer known as King James. You are now loser crybaby James. Parentheses, with your feelings, hurt. Priceless. Wah, priceless. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, I'm not sure that was worth the trouble, but, um, are you ready for, Sean, we got some calls, speaking of the yeah. phone number. You yeah, wanna, yeah. You oh, wanna... oh, can I, can I give a shout out right before we go yeah, to the course, call? dude. Shout out to listener Adam Tory for coming out to the business. He doesn't even live in California, but he heard me promote the business every Wednesday at Little Joy at nine o'clock in Echo Park, and it worked. I only had to promote that show 150 times and a listener <laughs> fantastic what uh, a good guy too. yeah thanks for coming adam sorry i was unable to make it i had to work a job delivering food for money um vote for bloomberg <laughs> god damn it uh 
Let's do a reader voicemail. Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Alright Sean, our first call comes from a first time caller, uh, and his name is Ethan. Let's hear that right now. Hi, it's me, the temporary first time caller of the round ball rock. Uh, my name's Ethan. I've been wanting to call for a while and I, uh, I just haven't. Um, but now I am. God, it's so much to say. Um, I, uh, I don't watch basketball. I just, I feel like I don't have the time. It just stresses me out. I watched a couple of finals games last year and I ended up pulling out some of my hair. Um, but I listened to, uh, podcasts obsessively. Um, it's like kind of a problem. It's like really unhealthy actually. And I listen to you guys and I like your podcast. Um, and, uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast recently, which makes me feel so sad because I, um, really despise him and I, I I let him take up space in my brain and I think he's kind of a, a despicable guy um just hearing him make jokes about cancel culture is like I know a lot of the stuff he's written is like out in public domain and it feels like he's not going to get like <sighs> publicly reprimanded any more than he already has anytime soon but he's I'm sure he there's just some shit in his closet which is not not fun. But anyway, he was talking about Jason Tatum and the pride that he was talking about Jason Tatum with. And he was saying, like, unselfconsciously that he felt like a proud father. And it's like, this guy really believes that he's in some way responsible for Jason Tatum being a good basketball player. I actually think that's true. I think that, like, he... it it. He has a higher opinion of himself because a young guy on the Celtics is good. That's just so insane. That's fucking crazy. I don't know. At the same time, it's like listening to him talk about Jason Tatum. Like, well, I'm kind of excited about Jason Tatum now, too. He sounds good. I would never watch him um, because I don't watch basketball. But, uh, you know, I might watch the Lakers-Grizzlies game tonight. It's Saturday. Uh, we just have some time, and I haven't really watched any basketball season. I tried to watch a little bit of Zion's debut, but my stream was lagging. Anyway, so I have some questions for you guys. I have so many, but I guess I'll keep it short. Um, 
it's been really frustrating to me understanding how the the Eastern and Western conferences are divvied up. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The Western. Um, thank you for the call, Ethan. Um, that did not sound like a complete call, but we can answer your question. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that he pointed this out because I this is something because Bill Simmons has also uh infected my brain. <laughs> and uh, Sean, what do you think Bill Simmons would say about Ethan's call? Uh well, first of all, it's uh, great that he's a listener. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of that, uh, he's sort of understanding what I've come to realize is that first, Jason Tatum's age was underrated, and then it became overrated, and then his youth became properly rated before becoming extremely underrated again. See, I think he'd say, like, well, come on, Ethan, uh, I am responsible for Jason Tatum's, uh, for Jason Tatum's ascendance. I mean, first off, uh, I love him more than either of my two children. And secondly, he follows my Twitter account, Celtics Chance. It's what makes him good. Soup is the, fir- is the perfect food. Also, it's kind of appropriate for Bill Simmons to consider a black man his son because he gave himself a Muslim name. Jabal Abdul Simmons. It's definitely something to be proud about and to brag about a lot of times. He did brag about that a lot. Um, Jabal. Yeah. Another thing. Jabal. While we're talking about canceling Bill Simmons, another important thing to remember is in the book of basketball, not the book, not the podcast. uh, He does talk about uh, forcing his wife to get pregnant. Uh, Joey, I I don't want to cut you off here, but um, Ethan actually left four voicemails for uh-huh. us. Okay, and in the fourth one, he talks about that. Okay, um, well, we'll play those <laughs> some other time. But uh, we should—he did get cut off in the first one. We were doing he a did. bit, uh, so let's play that second one. Hey, it's me again. I just got cut off by the beep, so I didn't realize there was a time limit on this thing. I was just planning on talking and talking. Um, so I'll keep it shorter. So the whole the whole conference thing really bums me out. It's like it, it's disturbing to me that New Orleans is in the Western Conference and Memphis. Like those two teams need to be in the East as well as um, God. I feel like I can think of more the Dallas Mavericks. All of those should be Eastern Conference teams. And I'm sure I can think of more too, but I guess I'll leave it to you guys. Um, what is the uh, what's proper? Which conferences should each team actually be in? And when it turns out that that's not aligned, as it won't be, because the East needs probably like four or five more teams just based on geography. What are we going to do about it? What teams are we going to add into which cities? I guess we could add some teams to eastern cities, like Kansas City would be great. Um, anyway, I'll let you run with that. And uh, my second question is, as someone who doesn't and truly can't watch basketball very often, especially in the – I mean, except for in the uh, finals and the playoffs, um, but as someone who only listens to basketball podcasts, what team should I root for? Um, don't say the Nuggets. I, I tried, but I can't get behind them. They're just weird. 
Um, I kind of like the Clippers because I like Kawhi. I like LeBron, but I don't really like the Lakers. Anthony Davis seems like kind of a ghoul, just like a soft guy trying to act hard, which I don't know. There's something weird about that. Again, I've never wa- really watched any of these people play, but this is just my impression from podcasts and stuff. So uh what team should I root for? Um I don't watch basketball, but I like having a team to root for. I like the Bucks. They're okay, but they seem boring because everyone says that they're boring. Um, so for someone who doesn't watch basketball and only listens to NBA podcasts, what team should I root for? Thanks, guys. Uh, lots of love. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I love your work. And uh, bye now. Oh, go Bernie. I'm hoping he doesn't get clobbered in the South Carolina primary today. Maybe that's why I'll watch the basketball game. Or I'll listen to some more podcasts. Um, all right. Uh, I'm glad he brought this up because this is actually my favorite thing to talk about in when it comes to quote unquote uh-huh. fixing the NBA. Um, which is moving New Orleans and Memphis to the Eastern Conference. Uh-huh. Uh, and putting two, uh, expansion teams in the West because it gives you two extra shitty teams in the West. And two, teams that are generally pretty good. I mean, look, each of those teams have have had weird lulls the last few years, but... I'm not sure I would say there's a winning tradition in New Orleans, exactly. It, But it does seem like... But they have like Zion the, now. Exactly, and they had Anthony Davis when I would propose this before. So you want to water down the level of basketball and get us 32 teams, Joey? I do, yeah. I... I think there's a better solution, which is just to move the Atlanta Hawks to Seattle. Um, and then you can move the Grizzlies uh, to the. But there's, you need to move two teams east. You don't need to move two teams east if you move the Hawks to the Seattle. Oh, I guess you're right. Um, yeah. But wait, no, because the, then isn't New Orleans still in the West? Yeah, but what's the problem with having New Orleans in the West? It's really far east. I mean, I guess so. It's pretty close to Houston, though. The only the only problem with that is uh, you you kind of like they're not the closest team to them is of course Memphis, but um, I just think both of them need to go to the east because everybody everyone every year complains about how much the Portland Trailblazers uh, have to travel, and it's specifically because of those two teams. I just don't know that we need a 32 team league. Like I'm I'm usually not watching and just being like, god, there's just not enough stars on these teams. I mean, there's too many stars on these teams. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I just think uh to me the more important part is trying to uh move some good teams, some teams that are going to be good for a while to the east and getting more bad teams in the west. Well then, move yeah, move move Memphis to the east and move the Hawks to Seattle. Yeah, but aren't the Hawks actually going to be good here pretty soon? I don't they really have think a so. Star. Yeah, but they're like one of the worst teams in the league. Right, but they're insanely young. I don't know. Um, I think they suck, and they <laughs> like 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 isn't that isn't that a loser of a team? I don't know. I don't. The, the main thing's the geography of it, right? Yeah, for me, I I would add a team in Vegas and add a team in Seattle. 
I would not add two teams. I just think that there's enough struggling markets that, like, like the Hawks are not very popular in Atlanta. Yeah, but I also don't like moving teams in general. I think it sucks. Even if they're not popular, there's still thousands of people that love that team. And they I mean, are they popular when they're good. They were not drawing that well when they were good. But, uh, I mean, Atlanta's like, there's just some towns that like college football better than any other thing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's why the Jacksonville Jaguars should probably move out of Jacksonville. But, uh, I mean, they're not going to move the Hawks because TNT's there. Mm-hmm. And well, and that's the other thing, yeah. Um, NBA TV is also there. I don't know if I love the idea of an NBA team in Las Vegas. Okay, then put it in Vancouver. I don't care. I don't like like that either. Two in the West. Put it in Van. Put it in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Give Corbin his own team. (laughs) Um. All right. Uh. The second part of his question: Who should I root for? But don't say the Nuggets. Uh. Look, I don't normally do stuff like this, but Ethan, um, we actually went team by team referencing who you should root for in one of our episodes. Let me look up which episode that was. Um, Real quick, Sean, talk real quick. Well, I would also say that, yeah, there's an episode where we go through it. I would say personally for Ethan, uh, I think you probably want to pick a team that will antagonize Bill Simmons the most. Mm -hmm. And that means probably the 76ers, I think. Maybe maybe the Toronto Raptors. You want a team that's going to be playing the Celtics and ideally beating the Celtics a lot. So, I mean, the Sixers will be frustrating, but look, if you want to go f- pure anti-Bill, uh, he's still mad about playoff games from the 70s involving the Sixers. <laughs> I would also say don't pick the Clippers. Um, our friends are going to be mad at me for that. But uh, Kawhi seems cool only in theory, and then when you have to watch those games every night, it's he's not cool or fun to root for because he doesn't play very much. I will say they really try to make those games. It's no fault of the organization that the games are not very exciting, but, uh, you know, I mean, Los Angeles is just weird because the the numbers and intensity of Lakers fandom – I think is kind of unprecedented. I don't think there's a city that's like that. Like there's cities that have fans that are just as diehard, mm-hmm. but just numbers wise. I mean, it's, it's just crazy that there's this many rabid Laker fans. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even, no, but the, any, when, anyway, the, it, I think that also is why the Clippers don't really have fan have many fans. I mean, I don't, the fan thing is one thing. I'm talking specifically about Kawhi. Like, uh, he's... That is a team that was so fun and so cool last year, and him and Paul George showing up has... Watching them has been insanely frustrating because they act like they're on year three of a super team trying going for their third championship when they have not won a second round series yet. I'd also say that watching Kawhi uh, does not quite have the highs that you get from other players where, like, his way of dominating is to move in a very methodical way. I mean, Kawhi in the playoffs is awesome, but regular it's still season not Kawhi is... It's just still, still like a lot of the game is predicated on moving slowly 
and just sort of being stronger than guys. You know what I mean? It's not it's not that spectacular. Anyway, we answered this question uh, on episode 250 with uh-huh. Katie Heindel and Kelly Dwyer. Yeah. Uh, we gave you all the options. Uh, for me, I would choose the Grizzlies or the Heat. Still. Um, or the Nuggets, but since they were out. Um, yeah, those are all good choices. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um... Last week, we heard from our friend uh, Corbin A. Smith, uh, the former host of the Take It or Break It podcast, national writer from um, the Daily Beast, Willamette Week, Vice Sports, Deadspin, uh, other closed down publications, um, <laughs> uh, threw the gauntlet down when he got a call from a fake Corbin, and... um. <laughs> Guess what, Sean? What? Uh, fake Corbin called back. Oh, no. Did he not see the hashtags? <laughs> Apparently hashtag he... I stand with Big Corbs. Hashtag I love Big Corbs. Hashtag you can't make fun of Corbin on a podcast. Um, apparently not. Uh, so let's hear that call from fake Corbin. False Corbs here with a message for Corbin Prime. Hello, Mr. A. Smith. Hope you can hear me okay as I am standing outside the party that inspired the song Monster Mash. An amazing writer such as yourself can easily end this nightmare by completing a simple challenge. Write and recite a sonic about the 2016-2017 New York Knicks. 14 lines, 10 syllables per line, iambic pentameter. Choice is yours, Corbin Alpha. You can take it. Or you can break it. All right. Uh, he's standing outside the party that inspired Monster Mash. Um, mm. So he's demanding that Corbin, Corbin Alpha, I guess we refer to as Corbin Smith, uh-huh. um, write a poem in an iambic pentameter about the New York Knicks. Uh, well, that's not the only fake Corbin call we got this week, Sean. Wait, what? Yeah, there was a call from a fake, fake Corbin. Um, I oh. guess we should play that now. Yeah, play it. Welcome to Take It or Break It, the sports takes game show of your dreams and your nightmares. I'm not Corbin Smith. Uh, coming to you from the top of the mountain because Corbin is at his peak peak of his career where he does not need fans anymore and he can say F all the haters. Um, I'm here with not John Wilms um, because John is mad at me because we were going to find out once and for all whether the Pokemon of Sword or Shield ate more ass and John said that you two ate ass but that is patently incorrect. And we got in a big argument, and so uh, there are no more Ticket or Break It episodes. But long live Ticket or Break It, and again, this is definitely Corbin. Um, that one wasn't a question. Uh, it was just making fun of Ticket or Break It. Uh, I'm not sure throwing the gauntlet down against our fans, Sean, is having the desired effect Corbin wanted last week. Yeah, it it seems it seems like there's been some copycat criminals. Um, all right, do you uh, 
should we play another call or we should should we play a reply from Corbin? What do you think? Let's let I think this is time for Corbin to get his rebuttal. Okay, we did send Corbin Smith fake corp the sorry, what what did he describe to him, himself as false corbs? Uh okay, we did hear from Corbin Prime. We sent him the email. We let him respond cuz I was I want this to end. <laughs> All right, so we got a reply from uh, the real Corbin A. Smith, who, uh, of course, writer of the Daily Beast, uh, from the Daily Beast. He is the Daily Beast of the Daily Beast, I would say. Um, he's uh, from the Bad Vert- uh, Bad Photojournalism newsletter, available on Substack, I believe. Um, here he is, King Corbs himself, Corbin A. Smith. <laughs> Big Corpse Corner. Big Corpse Corner. Big Corpse Corner. A call from Corbs. Hey there, Big Corbs here. Uh, wow, a lot to get off my mind here today. First off, just want to say uh, to uh, the fucking Joker. Uh, who called in. I already heard your call. Uh, Sean and Joey shared it with me. You're in the voicemail. They're actually my friends. You know, like I have their phone numbers and stuff. So, you know, kind of a different level of relationship that I've got going. Uh, national sports writer, once again. Very creative. Uh, I just want to make something clear. I'm not going to be fucking bullied into writing poetry. Uh, ever. Uh, the only time I write poetry is when I am uh, taken aback by the beauty of the world. Uh, you know, not to not to settle scores with uh, little runts, uh, you know, cloutless runts uh, calling into a podcast. <laughs> Ridiculous. Now, I am not only calling in to settle my score with this fucking chump who's abusing my good name, probably because his name is so tainted and terrible that uh, he can't uh, use it anywhere in public. <laughs> so he's probably horrible. I mean, I hope I hope he, I hope nobody minds you saying that. Uh, and so I have a topic. Uh, C.J. McCollum, the Portland Trailblazers, I don't know if you gentlemen heard, there is a confirmed case of coronavirus here in uh here in the Portland metro area over in Lake Oswego, which is sort of the uh county suburb where uh county uh, Tony, you know, like a uh, fancy fancy suburb where most of the Blazers kinda end up living uh sooner or later. Uh and so uh CJ McCollum has said uh, I will not be signing any autographs during this coronavirus outbreak. And so my question is how are uh, various players across the NBA dealing with uh, their uh, fear or unfear of disease in this trying time. Joey, Sean, once again, you guys are wonderful. To the fucking chump who called me in and tried to get me to write poetry, I say, I say go to hell, buddy. Okay, the first thing I want to say here is, uh, just write the poem, man. Yeah, dude. Also, 
here's here's another thing I want to say. I think uh, Corbin's afraid to write a sonnet. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> I think he's. I think he doesn't believe that he can write a sonnet. Um. Here's here's the other thing I want to say right now. Uh, false corpse. Uh, Sean and I are not choosing a side here. Uh, if you want our phone numbers, DM us. We'll give you our phone numbers. Uh, we just have no idea who this is. Yeah, it could yeah. be literally anyone. <laughs> um. So. Sorry, Cor- sorry, Corbin Prime. Uh, we're we're staying neutral in this fight. Although I will say, we need to take a few weeks off from this fight. I think, um, <laughs> unless they're look. If Corbin wants to deliver the sonnet, next episode, baby. Okay. Uh, he did have a question though, Sean. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I just I got I got so kind of caught up. Well, you, know you caught I mean? up by the t- by the fact that there was no noise in his call for some reason. I w- it was weird. I kept. I was like, I, 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 I had it on really loud to try to get it from. Anyway, it was weird. It was weird. Um, okay, so how are various players around the NBA dealing with their fear or unfear of disease in this trying time with the coronavirus? Okay, well, I mean, obviously. Uh, Kyrie Irving is accelerating the construction on his eco commune, mm-hmm. right? Like he's just adding an extra airlock. Uh, Here's a question: Is Kyrie Irving the least fearful NBA player of coronavirus, or the most fearful? I'm gonna say least. I think he I thinks think so he can, too. <laughs> I think he thinks he can defeat it with his mind, but also that it's not real. I also think, yeah, I think he thinks it. That a the, his raw juice diet will save him, right? Uh, and b, uh, I think he thinks sickness is a state of mind, and also c, this is all a hoax. Um, He's created just by the government yeah. to uh, train to to uh, <laughs> created by the government to try and um, attack him personally because he's paid by the Alibaba guy right. who owns the Nets. I would say I think he's actually kind of right because Kyrie is basically always recovering from a recent surgery. Mm -hmm. So his body is just always loaded up with lots of antibiotics and Mm -hmm. stuff. So he's he's like continually trying to fight off infections. Doesn't he still have like a weird piece of screw in his knee from? I think they had to take that out. That's why the second time. Anyway, um. Who's the most afraid of coronavirus in the NBA, you think? Man, um, let's see. The I think most it's CJ McCollum, but <laughs> other than CJ. <laughs> um, I bet Rajon Rondo has a healthy fear of it. Doesn't yeah, he have, he doesn't he like, take like five showers a day? Yeah, he's like the NBA Howie Mandel kind of, right? Okay, so that, um, I think definitely there. I think the Golden State Warriors are were so afraid of it, they sent... Steph Curry did the G League for no reason, so um, in instead of letting him play on Sunday, so that's a pretty healthy fear as an organization, I would say, right? Yeah, he's well, he's driving. They're apparently driving him around in a car with just a big old hypoallergenic bubble around uh-huh. it. So that's you know that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, he's. They, that's why they want him to get in shape, because if he gets too winded, he's going to get the coronavirus. Uh, John Wall. 
Do you think he's afraid of coronavirus? Completely unafraid. Yeah, no way is he afraid. Also, he doesn't really, he's like kind of stuck at his house. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like, he's pretty much self-quarantined by those various things. Although, injuries. I mean, he did tear his Achilles in his house last year, remember? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's stuck <laughs> in there now. Um, I also feel like he uh, keeps his nose pretty clean these days, Joey. Okay, KD, is he afraid of uh, coronavirus? I think yes. absolutely. Yeah, terrified. He, he might be the most afraid, actually. Don't you think also that... Um, do you think this will change... Uh, players' attitudes towards recreational drugs at all that well, might affect your lungs or nasal cavities. Well, what I will say is Kevin Durant actually shouldn't fear anything because if you only ever talk to Rich Kleinman, unless he gets coronavirus, you're probably yeah, not going to get coronavirus. If Charlie Bell gets coronavirus, <laughs> and don't 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 get matching tattoos with anyone who actively has the coronavirus. Yeah, I would um, also say that. Um. Who do you think who do you think would be most into playing a playoff game in an empty gym of someone who might play a playoff game at all? Ooh, interesting. I kind of think Russell Westbrook. No, he seems like he hates the fans the most. But he likes that though. You know what I mean? Russ Russ's favorite thing is to yell at the fans and then do a dunk and stare at them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I he, he just seems off like of he it. He seems like he literally fights with fans more than anyone else. Oh, absolutely. But I but that's part of his He needs it. Yeah, he needs, he needs it. it. He's building a runway. Um, I actually think weirdly the answer is Alex Caruso. He wants an empty yes, stadium? Because look, he's a fucking ninth man or whatever. But uh-huh. he's become so weirdly famous. Every time he comes and in, gets into the game, there's like weird pressure for him to do stuff. You know what I mean? I think he thrives on that pressure, Joey. <laughs> well, all I know is I saw it happen to Jeremy Lin when he was with the Golden State Warriors. And you know what he did not do? Thrive on the crowd. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about we're talking about a mentally tough man like Alex Caruso, <laughs> a man who started going bald in middle school <laughs> That's and yet refused to shave his head. Um, oh, it's the jazz. The answer is the jazz. Oh, absolutely. Anyone they on just- the jazz. But they still want the scoreboard and the announcer to keep announcing the stats constantly. Yeah, and they still want Mitt Romney there to <laughs> boo people. <laughs> they want to play only in front of Mitt Romney. Yeah, it's just Mitt, and like every quarter, Mitt stands up and makes an ineffectual speech about not supporting Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, we have one more call. Okay. It's from our friend Jonathan at Work the Cycle from Silicon Valley. Let's see what he has to say. Okay, I have a theory. Uh, this is Work the Cycle from the worst place in the world. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is to Eric Paschal as Patrick Ewing is to Charles Barkley. But I was never good at the SATs. Sean, you had a high SAT score. I did. Please grade that. I don't even remember what that's called. Analogy? Yeah. DeAndre Ayton is to Eric Paschal as Pat is as is to Patrick Ewing is to Charles Barkley. Uh-huh. I'm not seeing it. 
I'm going to be honest. Well, I'm I'm giving that a D because that is a diss to DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> um, I would like it better if they had been in the same draft. Mm-hmm. That's all I would say. Um, I do think DeAndre Ayton will retire without winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And actually, Eric Pascal probably too. That's that that's also part of the analogy. Um, I have to say, I haven't really particularly heard Eric Pascal talk, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me pretty to boring. say. I'll tell you right now, he's pretty he's pretty boring. boring. He's a yeah. Villanova guy. Um, although DeAndre Aiden is pretty sweaty, so mm-hmm. I like that. But in terms of their. Re- I guess I did the my issue with it is I don't I understand the relationship between Ewing and Barkley better than I understand the relationship between Aiden and Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, all I mean I think all four of them would probably hate Bobby Knight. So. <laughs> um. All right, but please thank you for the call. Work for the cycle. Thank you for the call. Fake Corbs, not Corbs, Ethan, and Alpha Corbs. Prime Corbs? I forget if it's Alpha or Prime now. But uh, thank you for calling. Uh, Please call us in the future. Um, We'll always be here to answer. Now it's time for some some traditional mail. Are you ready, Sean? Yeah. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots. All right, Sean, our first answer. I mean, our first question comes from Mike Gritch, who asks, Jason Tatum turned 22 today, the youngest 22-year-old on Earth. Who is the oldest 22-year-old in history? Uh, Now, one person in the chat suggested Greg Odin, which may be correct, but also just made me too sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Shane Battier is one of the older 22 year olds in history. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you have your, your Urson Ilyasova's type players who are very old at 22 because they're actually 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're from Uzbekistan secretly. Um, let's see. Oldest 22-year-old in NBA history. I mean, the well, he didn't say NBA history. He just said in hi- Oh, no, it was NBA history. I was thinking in history. And the answer for in history is some baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Iron Man McGinnity or something? No, I just mean, like, you kind of have to be a boring-ass dad to play baseball at any... Uh, on a professional level at any age you know what i mean like even the most fun baseball 22 year old baseball player now is still um like a like might as well be like a farmer you know what i mean <laughs> no they're playing they're playing a, they're playing a game joey yeah oh yeah a kids game they're just having so much game. fun fun out there they're having a good look time, at him look <laughs> at well i think i think that is dominican erasure there joey I mean, I'm talking white baseball player. That's yeah, fair. I That's know. Fair. I know. <laughs> Sorry, when you said in history, I was like, I immediately was like, oh, some old timey baseball player. No, no. I like, mean, yeah, no. like a guy who fought in a war <laughs> and then became a 
what if it's um I you know who I think it was? Uh I think it was probably Oscar Robertson. Oh man. Oh, in 61-62 averaged 30.8 points, 12.5 rebounds and 11.4 assists per game at uh, age and, 22. Yeah, and was Oscar Robertson. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like yeah, a very yeah. I think a I grumpy think young man. Let's just call him that at 23. Totally fair. Yeah. yeah. Um but also Manute Bull, who was 35 years old. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the real answer is Manute Bull when he was 22 because he was really 42 or whatever. They yes. Said. <laughs> um, all right. Your next question comes from our next question comes from Feeling Minnesota, Sean, who asks, assuming the coronavirus pandemic continues to escalate in the months and years to come, which team would CJ young Sheldon McCollum most fear getting traded to in the offseason due to their lack of collective hygiene and cleanliness. Sean, who is the dirtiest, grossest team in the NBA? What was the... Was it, was it at Madison Square Garden where the hot water wasn't working in the visitor's locker room? Uh, yeah, but that was because James Dolan turned it off, right? I'm just saying that that is an <laughs> indicator of maybe, like, not a... Not a not a building-wide commitment to hygiene. I'm going to tell you right now, like, team grooming aside, uh, I think the answer of the team he's mo- he'd be most afraid of is the Orlando Magic. Because they're run by a DeVos, so you know they're not getting any, any uh, federal funding for no. their uh, outbreaks. And also, uh, Disney World is there. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. And and I have to say that's also where um the Lopez twins spend a lot of time and we love those guys, but I don't feel like they're necessarily super committed hand washers. I bet Brooke is. Um Robin, I'm not so Oh, actually, sure. I don't know. I, I guess if you're working with miniatures and painting comic yeah, books, yeah. you do <laughs> have to be pretty clean. Um uh, Hmm. But the filthiest team. It, it like is it is there still a Memphis attitude of like grit and grind? We gotta I don't get think in the dirt. So, oh, you know what the worst team to go to is? It's the Brooklyn Nets. Because they have Wilson Chandler, mm-hmm. the yep. most poisonous player in the NBA, yeah, who once almost killed David Lee by biting his elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lee really almost him, died right? because uh, he was accidentally bit by Wilson Chandler. Look yeah. it up. It's a true story. It feels like yeah. we made it up. It definitely sounds fake. Um, but it is real. Uh, like but, Amari's Twitter handle. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I was also going to say I think the Pelicans score pretty either high or low on this, depending on how you want to look at it, because I don't think Nicola Melli is doing a lot of hand-washing. No, no. And, but also, like, you've got the new medical staff that's terrified that they're going to poison someone else. Yeah. Oh, the Sixers. You definitely don't want to go to the Sixers. Yeah, it might be the Sixers over Wilson Chandler, Sean. Because they're oh, always almost right. killing their players yeah, just regularly a without a, a pandemic. Yeah, yeah it's, totally the right. it's the yeah, Sixers. It's the Sixers, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
He's still young enough that they could kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, let's go to the news. There's a story I really need to talk about. So let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. Walk us through our top story. And I want to say before you walk us through it, there have been almost no stories this year where I've texted Sean and been like, I think we should maybe do an emergency podcast about uh-huh. this. Except for this one. This story was fuck is fucking insane. It's the this is secretly the biggest non-China story in the NBA this year, I think. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so a, a video went viral of Spike Lee being denied entry to Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden yesterday, and he was shouting, uh, you're going to arrest me like Oakley? Is that what he said? That is what he was saying, yeah. Um, say, so yeah, you're going to arrest me like Oakley. Uh, and there was some talk initially that Spike and the Knicks were done. Uh, it turned out... They were denying him uh, entry at the employee entrance, which apparently he uses mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, and they wanted him to use the general VIP entrance instead, mm-hmm. which I'm sure involves, I don't know, some bullshit. Right? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Spike's, Spike said... I'm being harassed by James Dolan. I don't know why. And then the Knicks released uh, a very professional statement from a, a billion dollar sports mm-hmm. franchise. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a voice that I'm pretty sure is this guy's voice. Okay. Actually, should I play Spike Lee being denied entrance right now? Actually, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But no one told me. No one told me. No one told me. I'm staying here. Now, you All right. Now, what statement did the Knicks release today, Sean? Okay, here it is. The idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him not to use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden, is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetuate drama. He is welcome to come to the garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands. Okay, so then Spike said this morning, too, by the way, that no one had ever told him not to use that entrance in the first place. And also that he did not agree to do that when he shook hands with Spike Lee. And Uh also said he was being set up when James Dolan came and shook his hand. Yeah, because the camera apparently was like up at the ceiling of the garden because they like, they made sure to get a shot clock in it. Like he was notarizing a document or something. (laughs) Uh, First off, I want to say right, uh, right away. uh, Spike Lee should be able to use whatever entrance he wants, wherever he goes. And I'm, I mean, not just Madison square garden. I mean, anywhere in America, Um, Spike Lee is a treasure. 
He's one of the ten greatest living filmmakers, and uh, people have been giving him shit his entire career for no reason, and uh-huh. this should not stand. <laughs> no way. This is like, this is worse than sending Charles Oakley to jail. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is the time that Adam Silver needs to step in. Yep. This is like, this is like... Uh, forcing Hinky out and getting, which is what I'm saying, he needs to sell the Knicks to Brian Colangelo. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, like... It's a normal sale. Get a new topic. (laughs) What if Mike Bloomberg bought the Knicks, like, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and he promised Spike got free courtside seats for the rest of his life, and he was going to bring a championship to New York would he maybe win the nomination then? He he like, okay, so here's here's his two-part plan. He buys the Knicks from Dolan, and then he cleans he, up he gives Flint, us, Michigan's water. And then he gives oh, us yeah. $3 million. He gives us $3 million. Or or just subscribes as a Patreon <laughs> at like the $20 level. No, he, for Mike Bloomberg to subscribe to us, uh, he's got, he's higher. We need what $20 is to us percentage-wise. A month, he it needs to that there. Look, I'm going to talk to Patreon about this actually about having pers- like income percentage for <laughs> anyone who makes over uh ten million dollars a year. <laughs> oh, like the Pod Save America guys make on their podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> guys are so cool. Oh, love them. Uh, shape up, Spike Lee. That's what they'd say. Yeah, shape up, <laughs> Spike and Lee. Team Shape Dolan. up, Team, Team Dolan. Dolan. <laughs> Look, he's just a trusted establishment figure. He's friends with Hillary Clinton. It makes sense. Um, Harvey Weinstein, another guy that they love. Anyway, here's the thing. Like, Spike Lee is the Knicks at this point, right? And he's been the Knicks since maybe even before Carmelo left. Is there a guy on the Knicks who has a brighter future as a player than Spike Lee has as a fan. No. It's not even close. <laughs> who would you even pick? Barrett? Uh, um, no, not Barrett, because I don't think Barrett's future is that bright. Who's Who has the best future of any of the Knicks? Um, it's uh, Mitchell Robinson, right? Yeah, and what, what do you think his ceiling is, Joey? Like, slightly better DeAndre Jordan? Right, I think it's. I think I think if he, I think if he turns into DeAndre Jordan, it is a big win for the Knicks. Actually, sure, but I just mean his defense is actually better now than DeAndre's ever was, or at least his rim protection, not necessarily defense, but um, yeah. So DeAndre Jordan, best case outcome, basically. I would say best case is slightly better than DeAndre, but yes, Um, yeah. Man, what a bummer. What a bummer of a franchise. What about Kevin Knox, Joey? Kevin Knox is terrible. He's not good. What about uh, Frank Gillatina? Uh, I think he could maybe be a pretty good third defensive guard if he gets out of the Knicks early enough. Yeah, and all these guys, all these guys, the the projection goes up 25% if yeah. they can just leave the Knicks. Right. Um, RJ Barrett, I think, is basically like, he's like guard, um, Harrison Barnes, right? 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um Dennis Smith, I what is he is Emmanuel Moutier at this point, right? That's his ceiling. Dennis I mean <laughs> I'm I honestly think I would take Moutier. I mean, Dennis Smith seems like there's still there still has to be more upside. Obviously something's wrong or he's hurt or something. I don't know. I think he's just depressed, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, he's on the Knicks. And yeah. He had to play for the Mavericks. He's just like, I don't want to play for a sex crime organization anymore. Uh, and then, you know, there's our our man from Summer League, uh, Iggy Brasdikas. We like him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I get, yeah. That's who I'm picking. I'm picking Iggy Brasdikas. Yeah, we love that guy. Um, that's my that's my pick for the Knicks with the biggest star potential. I think I think it's Mitchell Robinson. But yeah, um, it's a bummer, and Spike Lee rules, uh, and he should own the Knicks. Someone somewhere should literally just buy the Knicks and give that give them to Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah. I really wish Old Boy had done better now. Oh, uh, well, that movie's not good. Anyway, um, Spike said that my favorite quote from Spike is, of course, I'm being harassed by James Dolan. I don't know why. Which um, is he's certainly probably one of the first ten of the first men to say that. Oh, Oh. (laughs) Um, just leave him alone, man. What what is the okay? So here's what's the benefit here of attacking Spike Lee? I don't I don't see it. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Is. Is this somehow John McEnroe making a power play by trying to be the most famous Knicks fan? It could be. He's like, Spike gets to go in the employee entrance? You cannot be serious! Um, Also, I've been in nine Adam Sandler movies. That's the other thing John McEnroe says. It's very funny that he said he's just not going to any more Knicks games this year, by the way. Yeah, but back next year. That is like... Because I I understand it too, you know what I mean. That's real fan shit, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not gonna quit the Knicks. Come on. <laughs> um. All right, Sean. The NBA made guidelines for the coronavirus. Do you want to talk about it? Uh. Yeah. I guess so. So th- these are official guidelines that they've set in about this. The main one is that they league wide are uh, encouraging fist bumps over high fives. Now, they're saying with fans, but I kind of feel like this is still going to happen with the, the teammates, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, you're also supposed to not take... They're just not going to sign autographs. It's like a great excuse to not sign autographs. Right, yeah. Because you don't want to uh, touch pens or things that people handled. Uh, also, apparently, NBA front offices are talking about sh- how they might scrap pre-draft combines, on-site workouts, and international start- scouting events could be canceled or scaled down because of the escalation, the potential escalation. Yeah. Which um seems uh, kind of crazy, right? It seems crazy, uh, yeah. Especially uh, in a draft where uh, um, a bunch of these guys haven't played. Like, there, yeah, how many games of, did LaMelo Ball play it? 
Well, a lot of the top prospects are not playing in America right now. Like out of the top ten, aren't aren't four of them playing abroad right now? Right, but even James Wiseman, they've only seen two games. Right, right, right. And they That's can't true. have on site workouts with these guys now, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this draft is gonna be bad. This is like the two thousand draft. I can feel it. It's this is gonna be like one of the worst drafts ever. Um <laughs> Well, I'm glad the Warriors have a nice high pick. Yeah. Uh, Who do you want them to take, Joey? Uh, I want them to take it and trade it for Mitchell Robinson and Iggy Brasdikas. <laughs> I think they should. I think they should try to get Miles Turner. Personally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody good. I mean, I kind of don't want to waste it on a center, but that's just me. Because um, again, Miles you can Turner's get... more than a center. Yeah, but you can get Aaron Baines for six million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you got you could last good. year. Yeah, but there's there's an Aaron Baines every year is more what I'm saying. Like you could have gotten. That's, I just think I think Miles Turner has ag. I understand what you're saying about centers being disposable, but uh, there aren't like a lot of dudes who shoot threes and block shots. Sure, uh, and who had to relearn how to run at 22 years old. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's talk about Daryl Morey and then get out of here. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so Daryl Morey, Sean, um, again, this podcast has two stated goals, uh, one to get Daryl Morey to come on and talk only about Broadway musicals Mm -hmm. and B to get Matthew McConaughey to be our Patreon for just one month. Yeah. And I can promise him at least a, uh, one fifth return on his investment. You will. You're gonna send him. Um, he six, gives us five dollars. Yeah. I will Venmo him six dollars. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, but Daryl talked a lot. He went on Nick Wright's show today, which everyone knows that's a show I always watch. We, Sean and I, we cannot get enough of Fox Sports and Nick Wright. Nick Wright in specific. Nick specifically. Wright in the morning. He always has a lot of really good opinions related to LeBron James. That's my favorite thing. I really, I look, I want out of, when I'm looking for uh, waking up right in the morning, I am looking for a weird stick man with a goatee in a fancy suit to uh, be yelling insane things right in the morning. I, I roll over, I turn it right on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Daryl Morey went on, and they asked him what he would do to fix basketball. And uh, his first answer, his first two answers, Sean, were uh, he would like to go to the Elam ending, which for those of you that don't know is uh, the ending that the All Star Game had that people liked because it happened once in an exhibition game. I don't know mm-hmm. if people would I don't like it. See how that works, and then what it would do to stats. And but you know what? When your whole thing is uh, running a contest, sorry, running a conference for nerds, mm-hmm. for nerds, by nerds, all nerds, Sloan. Um, yeah, you get into you get into shit like the Elam ending that'll never happen. Uh, in the regular yeah. league. 
Uh, and then he also, of course, wanted an alternative foul system. Can you believe, Sean? Oh, oh, Daryl Morey had an opinion on on fouls. Yeah, Houston Rockets uh, have a right? have a foul related strategy. <laughs> Weird. Uh, he wants players to be able to stay in after getting their sixth foul. Which I've heard nerds talk about this before. Which Daryl Morey uh-huh. is, of course, not a traditional nerd. He's a Broadway nerd, which yeah. is a very different thing. Um, And what I always want to know is, like, how often do they think people foul out of basketball games? That is exactly right. And also, <laughs> all that means is they want more fouls. Right. That is what it is going to lead to. Teams fouling way more, which is not really ideal. Like, you'd like there not to be a lot of foul calls, right? Uh-huh. Am I am I wrong about that? No, that's actually it. That we want to basically every game to be a strategy between coaches, uh, figuring out the best rules loophole loophole to relentlessly exploit over and over again. Well, and right? here's the problem. They're trying to fix a thing by giving coaches more strategy to play with when really the problem is uh is coaches are bad at strategy and pull guys way too early when they have too many fouls right right that's like, the problem they're trying to fix all you can do is tell your coaches like don't hey, take uh, them out don't take them out like uh <laughs> people barely ever foul out don't take them out <laughs> yeah leave him in you're fouling him out yourself <laughs> Um, but the thing we really want to talk about is, uh, Daryl Morey agreed with something that we've talked about a lot. Uh, do you want to uh-huh. read these quotes from Daryl, Sean? Yeah, I do. Um, and I'll, I'll do them in the voice of Jean Valjean. Because from he, Les oh, Rob. please do. Okay. But he also did, uh, but I want to hear Russell Crowe, Jean Valjean, not... No, oh, no. Well, he he does Javert. Sorry. Okay, I want to. I don't know if I could do Russell Crowe Javert. Should I play Russell Crowe Javert right now? Wait, real play quick. Russell Crowe Javert real quick. What did I use him in? I already have it saved. The in New my, Zealand the drop. New Zealand drop. That's right. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, here's an Academy Award nominated performance by Russell Crowe in Les Misérables. Now, prisoner two four six zero one. Your time is up and your parole's begun. You know what that means. And I'm Javert. Do not forget my name. Five years for what you did. The rest because you tried to run. Yes, 24601. Oh, they, and then he said the real problem, though, isn't the rules of the game. It's the broadcasts. Sean, read our boy Daryl's quotes here. Okay, hang on. As, of course, here's uh, tonight, uh, portraying Jean Valjean is Uh Sean Keen. Okay. Right now, if you tune into a lot of NBA telecasts, the announcers are hate-watching their own game. It's crazy. You'll tune in and they'll be like, well, what's happening here? They're shooting too many three-pointers back in my day. Imagine the NFL if Tony Romo was basically like, oh, this passing is not going to work. Where's my cloud of dust? Where is it? Literally, it's the whole game. That's NBA games right now. Where is my cloud? Why aren't we smashing that ball in there? You tune into any NBA game. That's what you get all night. I think we're going to fix it over time. But right now, 
sigh. The only thing that happens, you tune in and they go, Well, why are we watching tonight? Nothing matters until the playoffs. Nothing. People are like, Oh, I'm going back to CSI. I think we have the best game that highlights our best athletes in the world every single night. It's almost like cognitive dissonance. People tune in, and they're being told how they shouldn't watch, and how it's not a fun game to watch. It's bizarre to me. The NFL would never let it happen, and I don't understand it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, I... Please send any and all flowers to at Sean Keen on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, Daryl Morey, you're right. Go on round ball. Yeah, man. Um. I mainly want to ask you uh, what changes you have for the uh, uh, for the Great White Way. <laughs> uh, add an Elam ending exactly. to Les Mis, baby. Gonna, get that, get that I, I done. <laughs> Does Avenue Q have an Elam ending? Um, <laughs> I think that's our yeah, show. Is there, yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking there's a Patinkin ending. <laughs> uh, that's our show, right? That's our show, baby. Uh, Sean, anything you want to plug? Uh, come to the business every every Monday at Littlejoy, just like even if you live in another state. Um Yeah, dude. Do it. I've I've been on that show, I've been to that show. Um As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where March first I tweeted, Anybody wanna be my motorcycle riding buddy? And the answer is yes. Frankie Muniz, I would love to join your motorcycle gang. He he needs a buddy <laughs> because he is going to injure himself on that motorcycle. Sean, did you write a song? I did. Uh, it's a it's a Kevin Love song again. Mm-hmm. Is about it about a, how many dunks he's had this season? He's had he's had three dunks this season, and uh, this is a this is a TLC song. It's called No Dunks. Um, great. That's plenty under us now. Trust the process. Trust the process. And, uh, shut it down. Let's, hopefully you're listening to this in the future where, uh, Bernie Sanders won all of Super Tuesday. Seriously, if that's not, if that's not true, I'm going to be really upset. Dunk is a shot that's nice and short. Also known as a slam jam. Throw it down, big man's the name of the game. But not if you're Kevin Love, so no. I don't want your lob pass, no. I don't want to throw it down in the lane, no. I don't want an alley-oop, no. Don't you know Kevin loves my name? I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that requires a vertical leap. Yelling at Coach Beeline from the three-point line. Trying to hit him from deep. I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that is worth just two, not three. Getting my agent on the line at the trade deadline. Trying to get him to trade me. Me and a punk, and they wanted me to dunk. He was guarding me down on the block. So I hit it with my ass. Colin hit me with a pass, and I laid it up off the glass. So, no, I don't want your love pass. No, I don't want to go to dunk town. No, I'm not rattling the rim. No, my feet aren't leaving the ground. I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that requires a vertical leap. 
Yelling at Coach Beeline from the three-point line Trying to hit him from deep I don't want no dunks A dunk is a shot that is worth just two, not three Hanging my agent on the line at the trade deadline Trying to get him to trade me you don't have hops, but you're crafty Oh yes, son, I'm talking to you If you're wide and wearing a shooting blue Oh yes, son, I'm talking to you If you're playing Santa and your name's Kevin Love Oh yes, son I'm talking to you. If I'm at the cup, I'm laying it up, you know. I don't want no dunks. No dunks. I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that requires a vertical leap. Yelling at Coach Beeline from the three-point line. Trying to hit him from deep. I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that is worth just two, not three. Getting my agent off the line at the trade deadline. Trying to get him to trade me. I don't want no dunks. A dunk is a shot that requires a vertical leap. Yelling at Coach Beeline from the three-point line. Trying to hit him from deep. I don't want no dunks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 